everyone. Wow, there's, there's so much going on in the world, right? So much to figure out. Um, it's all trauma. <laughs> just, it's like one big massive trauma. <laughs> just like... Um, the, you're carrying your own... Um, you're like a garden. Right, we're like gardens. Um, if we weren't garden properly, or um, if you arrive to a shit show, um, then yeah, um, you're going to manifest a shit show. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. It's quite simple. Um, you manifest what you've experienced. And when you experience that, you are very little and powerless and you know, you have no access to challenge what's going on. It's just simple. It's not that bloody complicated. And that owns you. And in my situation, because it was, you know, sexual abuse and being sold for sexual abuse, um, um, you, my, you know, my response <clears throat> to survival was to make that work and deify it and give it power. So, um, you know, it's not. Um, it's not that complicated. The mess we're in is the mess that has been happening for a long time. We're, we're, we're unseeing of our own trauma. And then there are, you know, the vultures waiting outside who are going to make you feel good about being miserable. <laughs> Take that misery, make it, convert it into dollars. Give people hope when you don't give a shit, you know. It's just a shit show. In fact, speaking of shit, I was actually in a ceremony recently. And I laugh, but it's really not to be laughed at. It's horrific. It's it's kind of a nervous laughter. It's a kind of like, oh, my God, laughter, right? Um, where it was just, I got to see, a, you know, a filthy toilet full of shit for like an hour and a half, right? Um, the ayahuasca just... Just I, all I could see was like this kind of toilet full of shit that was not clean, you know, hadn't been cleaned in a long time. I think it's you know part. I mean, it's it's what I'm carrying. It's also what's going on outside. It's what I'm digesting through media, etc. And um, you know, it's. <coughs> Um, we're all desperately evicted from our home. We're living on sort of the exterior of our own house. And um, 
you know, why are we all so differentiated? We're all one thing, right? <coughs> um, and I can only talk about, again, I'm just a little bit of grain and a massive, this huge, infinite thing that's going on. I have no idea what it is, what it's about. I just have a little... I've been fortunate in the last 20 years to, you know, get a glimpse of... just my toe in a little bit of it and only because you know I was <clears throat> finally humbled and you know and helped enormously to um, be given a, a peek and you know if you're captured early on by violence or trauma or whatever <laughs> you know, you're just like being born into a crazy place, right? You're just, you're just, you're just covering, you're just armor, you're just trauma that's just bubbling. And, and, you know, I just, I just made it credible. I just gave it an outfit, you know, put pearls on a pig, right? I put a lot of pearls on a very filthy pig. And I love pigs, no no offense to pigs. You know, I just wrapped it up in the best, you know, Tiffany's wrapping I could find. And what I was doing was I was agreeing to it all, right? I was just agreeing. Because you arrive to this thing and you give it authority, right? I, I gave it authority. Of course, what, was it? what else was I going to do? That's the only world I knew. All right, he's going to take you out to be sexually abused. Okay, all right, well, it's horrible. This is awful. I'm going to black out, but, you know. <laughs> this is horrific. He still needs to be saved. You know, it's okay that he does that. Wow, no, no, no. This is horrific. This is the worst thing ever. I'm going to die, but, you know, this man needs to be saved, and I'm the one who's going to do it. It's insane. So I... <coughs> sorry, not sorry, right? I agreed... To accept evil. I agreed to accept evil. And not only accept it, but celebrate it. But glorify it. Put it on a pedestal. You know, write a eulogy on his death that you honestly, it was Oscar worthy, but it was so full of shit. As my cousin later came, I mean, the church were applauded. It was like I was talking about Mother Teresa or something. And then my cousin came in and said, he was just, that was so full of shit. <laughs> so full of shit. Right? It was. I didn't know. <coughs> I had agreed to legitimize it, to glorify it, to convert the story. Because I was so fucking shit scared. And also, it had happened in the twilight zone of my arrival here as a baby. We get folded in. You know, why do little 10-year-olds in some of these African countries get, you know, rallied up to, you know, with AK-47s to go kill people? I mean, <coughs> just everywhere. There's just... 
you know, and it's just I capture your little brain. I own your little thoughts. I, you know, as a Jesuit priest said, give me a kid from zero to six, I give you a Jesuit for life. For life. That's it, work's done. You know, just get me a kid from zero to six. And whatever you do to them, they're in. And if they're not in and they can't cope, they'll, you know, whatever, drug up. My cousin just threw themselves off the top of a building right in front of his mother while she was sewing. You know, they count on your loyalty to them. That's what. And you're not trapped now. You're trapped then. I think this is a really a big thing to understand. I had no idea about this either. It was only when I was in a ceremony I was trying to convince my six-year-old, my four-year-old, to tell me the truth. I'm here, I'm 60 for fuck's sake. I don't know, she's in control. Your traumatized child is in control. Not you. You may think that you've, you know, you've got your little pension and you've got your job. No, 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 it's all fluff around the top. Your actual emotional being, if there's trauma, is being navigated by that relationship, by that par paralysis, by that sudden, it's like being frozen. You're frozen at that moment in terror and everything around you is an outcome of that catastrophic terror to a little girl or little boy, whatever. That little child at that age when it's facing whatever the trauma is, again, it could be anything, violence, physical violence, you know, refusing you, denying you, abandoning, whatever. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. It's too much for a little person. Too much. It's like a hundred-foot wave. You know, if you look at the waves in Nazare that they love to surf, these surfers, right? You look at that wave coming at you. Well, that's what it's like for a child when they have to confront the overwhelming emotions of whatever the trauma is. So you build, you know, you agree, you act dead, you castrate yourself. I did. I just was like, well, this guy needs powerlessness. I'm going to do powerlessness. This guy needs, you know, a fancy man that I need to marry. Let me do that. I mean, it was just all early on. Boom, boom, boom. Script, script. It's just pounding its way, this trauma, this terror, it owns you. It's terrifying you. Even just recently, I had a absolutely terrifying dreams. I don't know. You think by now, I've been doing it for 20 years, it'd be like, you know, the waves would, would slow down. I'd have more of a kiddie pool. No, I'm still in the middle of a hurricane in, you know, in the Atlantic. I mean, not all the time, but, you know, it's going to come at you because it's your original code. You know? And you need to keep sitting through it. And uh, the running is the worst part, right? So, and, and it's, it's a treacherous journey. I mean, it is, because you're going into what you don't know, you're going to see things you don't like, you know, you're going to, and you don't really count for anything when it comes to this. Like, you know, I sit on this cushion, 
I sit in the ayahuasca and I'm not, you know, I have no control. I mean, here it is. His psyche is totally opened up. Right? You're going to see the other side of that person that was your parent. You know, I, I had sort of glorified him into this caring person. I mean, there was not an ounce of care in the man. He was, you know, was zero. And, wow, I got to see what was behind the, you know, bag of meat, right? Because we're just spirits, so we have, we're, we're energies of we're spirits, right? Oh, here was this very evil spirit that I tricked and conned and whatever. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, if you, if all this is happening, and it's not, it's not a pity party, by the way. It's like, you know, we're not like, oh, yeah, I mean... It sucks, and I feel terrible for my little girl, absolutely. And I, I betrayed her, I canceled her out, I abandoned my soul. I mean, yeah. And um, I was owned by evil, absolutely. And I do feel bad for my little girl, and I feel bad because you can't take responsibility. I said take responsibility. You don't fucking take responsibility when you're zero and one and two and three. You can't. You are in there. You are agreeing. You're being, you know, you're, you're a, a, an egg that's been whisked. You're going to be folded into that shit. And you won't even know. You're going to come out as a disgusting pastry, but you don't even know. Or actually, no, a glistening pastry, which inside is, you know, is filling as shit. I mean, I literally had a ceremony where literally for an hour and a half, all I saw was a toilet full of shit, like so much shit. It was like revolting. Right? Clean it up. It's an oil spill. It's a shit spill. But that's the thing, is that I agreed to it all. I legitimized it all. I made it work so I wouldn't die. <laughs> I just wouldn't. And now the universe is like, well, great. Well, everything you built, fuck that. I'm going to show you exactly who you are and I'm gonna you know and it's a sort of not a convincing but it's like a constant I mean if you commit to this path or commit to the path it sounds so kind of new age it's not that if you commit to just cleaning I think the world needs to just commit to cleaning itself you know I can point at you and whatever it doesn't matter cleaning your own garden. Here I am pointing fingers <coughs> at the garden you abandoned, but what about my garden? Am I aware of what's going on? Am I even, do I, do I know how I'm contributing to this whole shit, all right? And not, there isn't a place to, you know, condemn and to, you know, point out. You know, we can't just go, oh yeah, just keep, you know, killing all my family. Yeah, just come in and take us all to a stadium and kill us. Yeah, that's not, you know, it's, it's not that either. It's the questioning of our own inner world. What is that inner world? Do we have access to it? Do we know? I had no idea. No idea. I was completely owned by evil. I'd been sent out to be sexually abused for money. I'd been abandoned. I mean, it was horrific. 
And here I was building a structure, a person that agreed to it, glorified it. I didn't know. I didn't know I was in, you know, survival mode. I had no idea. And then I blacked it all out. No. People say, oh, you know, too late for you to come back and blame. No, never late. Never late. The way that this shit is buried in us. Oh, my God. I'm 60 for fuck's sake. I mean, I've been discovering it in the last 20 years, but still, I never knew any of this. None. I thought I had a perfectly happy life. They were lovely people. <coughs> Didn't know he was a pedophile. An abuser, manipulator, con man. No idea. And I was his number one PR person. <laughs> right? My, bro my siblings looked at me in horror. You know, they couldn't understand why I was so loyal. But then they didn't know. And nor did I. And I couldn't understand my terror around him. And why I would, you know, when I would go out as a child, I didn't know if I was coming back alive. I'm going to die. I was always on the verge of death. So we don't know. Don't blame us, right? I didn't know. You don't know what's done in the confines of somebody's home. They close that door. A little innocent child. Right? Surrounded by vultures and demons. You don't know what's going on. They come out so they seem, oh, so lovely. Yeah? Oh, such a lovely father. What a lovely mother. Always so well-dressed. They don't know that kid's been sent out to be abused or is being buggered or whatever. You don't know what's being done to that child. Oh, look, they're holy people. Oh, holy people. Yes, we can leave our children with holy people. They're Catholic. They're priests. They don't know what that fucking priest is doing to that kid. They have full access. These fucking stories have full access to these innocent children. And we allow it because we believe their belief has some kind of merit. This is it. We give our power away so easily to other apes. We're just fucking apes. And we can con each other up all day and all night. It's like, you know, the wolf in sheep's clothing. It's Red Riding Hood over and fucking over. You're innocent. You're a child. You are going to agree because you have to survive. And there is a lot of cruelty and darkness done in all sorts of seductive, manipulative ways because they know. So how are you going to know who the fuck you are? You don't. You don't. I had no idea. Blacked it all out. And I was, you know, I considered myself to be the, the perfect image of success, right? I had it, I apparently had it all. Looked the part, spoke the part, married the part. It was all an effort to show up as the extreme of what actually happened. Because the further I perfected a self, the more I perfected a self, the further it got me away from the stench of that toilet, which I saw the other night for 24 hours, for like an hour and a half. I didn't... This extreme manipulation 
of myself, the extreme showing up as this castrated, coy, you know, submissive, but, you know, effective, successful person was just an outcome of evil. It was a cover-up. In fact, it was really funny because on my father's funeral, his funeral, had, his, funeral his coffin had shrunk to like a toddler size. I was so embarrassed. I was in the back of that other car. I was like, oh, my God. And then somebody, as, we, as the car sort of slowed down over these cobblestones, Somebody was crossing the street and peered, this was in Spain, peered in, and I was even more embarrassed. Oh my God, he's looking at that tiny coffin. But this person, he had ballooned himself, you know, into the, he's delusional, and I had gone along with all of it because I was terrified and he used me, right? Even in the end, I was like, oh my God, that coffin is so tiny. What are people going to say? Oh, it's ridiculous. Right? So we're up for a lot of delusion in terror. We're, a lot, we're up for a lot of believing other people's crap. Even mine. In terror. We're willing to knock on anyone's door to tell us who the fuck we are. Oh, yeah, if I take this pill, great. If I do this, yeah, oh, great, fantastic. Yeah, if I just go to India for three months, oh, yeah, okay, great. If I just go... Oh, my God. Sit down. Take a deep breath and take the journey, right? Just do, find your way home. Find whatever way you do it. But trust yourself. There are all these apes out here like, yeah, follow me, yeah, follow me, yeah. Don't follow anyone. No one. I've said to my son from the beginning, don't trust anyone. There are just other apes. I mean, listen, but figure it out. Listen, figure it out. There's so much noise out there. And a lot of people that have just, you know, given themselves up to, you know, dictators. Sorry, that's just the one, you know. They, they've, they've become disciples to someone who thinks himself to be a god. I mean, really, it's just... Why do people do that? Because they've been completely banned from themselves, right? I get it. I've been there. I know what it's like to live in that darkness. I mean, completely, you know, smothered. A disciple of evil. And the big thing here is not just what they do to you and how you bury yourself and how you disappear and how you build this person to cover them up, you know, to sort of get as far away from the stench as possible. It's not just that. Not just that. It's that you have no power and you are made wrong your divinity has been you know put on the the heap of shit like I just you know so I basically betrayed my own soul and divinity 
for a big toilet full of shit, basically. <laughs> I only say that again because that's what's been. That's all I've saw for a whole ceremony. Everything is just shit, Maria. Got to clean it up. So I betrayed. I didn't betray, but in a way, when I look at it, I think, well, yeah. Um, under pressure, being a kid, we give up. I think we all, I mean, again, I haven't do I know, but it feels like we all come with a script. A daffodil comes with a script. You know, a reindeer. Uh, you know, beluga whale. A galaxy. I mean, they all, it's going to, it's going to become something. Right? But then if somebody comes along and says, no, you know, I'm a bag of meat that's a, you know, self-hating, masochistic, you know, with unprocessed trauma, um, evil shitbag, then, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want you, I don't want, I need you for my power. I need you for my emptiness. I need you to fulfill my agenda because, you know, kind of my agenda is anything that really matters in here. What are you going to do? Are you going to put up a fight and don't steal me? No. You're a bit of, you're a bit of energy. You're going to, energy needs to survive. You have no choice. You make a contract. That's it. I certainly saw it in an, one of the, you know, sessions when I was doing ayahuasca in Peru. And, you know, it was like a fucking exorcism that was a black hole collapsing. There was, it was a contract between a child and a man. There's no doubt about it. I was a child and I thought I was dying. And there was this man who had, you know, made this contract. You know, you will be sent out to be sexually abused and you will agree. Okay. All right. Or whatever your trauma is, you know. I will beat the shit out of you at will. Okay. I will abandon you at will. Okay. <clears throat> That's why I've arrived to. I don't know anything else. Well, this is my incarnation. What am I, What are you going to do? Call 911? No. So, one the, the most important things to know is, A, you're a child, you're powerless, and B, you don't betray them. You will not betray them at any cost. You will tuck in the edges of this thing, make it work, agree. And even if you want to revolt, you won't. Kids, you know, been put in cages and fed dog food. Oh, fuck, it's horrific. And the, then the... You know, the agencies come in to take the kids, and the kids are like, I don't, you know, they don't want to leave. I don't want to go. They know that. The perpetrator knows that. It's an, it's an acquisition. It's a kidnapping. It's an annexing of you, and you remain frozen 
in that condition between you and that perpetrator. And then, you know, 50 years on, you go, oh, fuck. I've never actually done anything. I was actually just frozen by that. It's you dislodging yourself from the act of being owned by another energetic force. You know, when I, I, I did ayahuasca twice in Peru, I was a 10 day stint each or 14 day stint each time. And uh, the second time I came back, you know, I was, all this kind of dark energy was coming out and, uh, and I sort of called them, I said, look, you know, <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm sort of writhing and this, it feels like I have this like lizard, demonic kind of um, dragon that's just writhing inside of me. And, and, it's, and it's manifesting, it would just come through my face and my hand. And they just said, yeah, you're just smothered in, you know, dark energy, and <laughs> I was just like, black magic. Okay, good new, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, um, it really is like, and I've said it before, perhaps I've just out-repeated myself, but it's like driving with the brakes on. If you've been traumatized, you're driving with the brakes on. The terror is everywhere. The firewall of fear which you keep trying to somersault and break through and, you know, spend a lot of money on books on to figure it out or shrinks or whatever. So you have to be fearless even when there's fear, right? You've got to go into it and see it all. And as I've said before, when I sit on the cushion, which I do daily, to and listen to the Icaros and have this writhing stuff come up, I'm, I'm, I'm insignificant. I, I don't, as I said, I keep trying to, you know, intervene with my kind of come in an aisle four type of thing, like trying to pretend that it's like watching, a, you know, like the commentators on an, 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 an NFL game. Like I have commentary as if my fucking commentary matters. It doesn't matter. Those are just ways for me to make this thing, bring it back to earth. But it's not happening here. These are forces, you know, as if my commentary has no, I mean, they even say like, you know, who cares about the thinking? Your thinking doesn't matter. You know, I spent so many years, you know, perfecting my thinking for God's sake. What do you mean? You know, I've read all the books. I have all the education, degrees. It just flicks it off like a, <coughs> like a flea on a leaf. It matters not a, not a bit. And she, the ayahuasca, will use every tool imaginable to show you what's going on, whether it's visual, whether it's a hologram, whether it's physical, you know, whether you're being moved around. I mean, you are one unit which has been affected. Trauma is not just, again, if you do something to a child, it's not just the physical act. 
it's a resounding act throughout your whole energetic field. It affects your emotions, your heart, it affects your thinking. Everything is being built in that space. You cannot say anything or do anything to a child and it not affect its whole being, physically, emotionally. So when the ayahuasca works, it's literally, you know, pulling down a whole structure. It's a, it's a total structure that has been wired up to respond to a massive, massive trauma. And the whole thing is a trauma. The trauma is in every aspect of you. It doesn't just, oh, it's just my thinking. No, it's in your, how you think, how you feel, physically how you exist. And, you know, if there's trauma, you, and, then, and then with me, I just didn't have any access to it. I had so smothered it, covered it up, buried it. I don't even know where the fuck it was. It was just far away. I had no, no access. But it was taking up my whole consciousness, basically. And that's another crazy. How can something that's so horrific take up so much of your consciousness and you have no access to it? <coughs> Answer that one, Mr. Logic. <laughs> or Mrs. Logic. And how can you not see it? How can I not see any of it? I knew something was wrong. There's a difference between, oh, I think something's wrong, to you were being sent out to be you know, sexually abused from zero to like six. Yeah, I just, I think something's wrong. I'm not, I'm not feeling it today. <laughs> it's like, what? You know, it's like having a, a full-on nuclear war inside of you and thinking that, you know, wow, it's a bit cold today. <laughs> I wonder why I'm feeling a little bit chilly today. Oh, because there's a whole nuclear thing going on, battle. Now again, I don't know how any of this works. I still have not a clue. I just know that I've, I'm clear about now. I mean, given the last five years of ayahuasca and whatever, 13 years of meditation, that I was, I mean, it's, yeah. Horrible things happened. I had no idea. I blacked out. They got smothered. I built a person that was the extreme opposite of it, castrated, coy, submissive. You know, I was just a cover for it. I was a perfect foil for evil. But I was its bait. I was its bitch. I was the mercenary. I was its, ad, you know, its, its, its apostle. And I had a massive belief system that made him the victim and you know my soul my feelings whatever was done to me was completely insignificant to the you know saving of this victim I mean that is insane on all levels it was a complete denial of my existence but more importantly it was a complete an utter burial of my power. 
So here's the thing. If I traumatize you, you have no clarity. Everything is seen through the eyes of terror. Everything. So, you know, so to, if a person is clear and has been loved, they see the thing, they just see it. It's not a threat. If there's trauma, everything is a threat. Everything. And especially if it's hidden trauma and you don't have access to it, then it's double, triple the threat. And then what we do, or I certainly did, was I go outside to, you're evicted. So you're not home, you're, somebody else has taken over, you've agreed to it. I, you know, my own soul was, you know, <coughs> in the back of a cave somewhere. Whatever the script, my script was, was, you know, basically the producer said, no, we don't want that script, put that, let's shelve that. I'm going to shelve that story. No, no, I, I want this to be a story about something else. So you're shelved. You know, you're like an airbag. You balloon into what they need so you survive. Then you eventually end up believing all of it, believing your, the version of you, which is basically the outcome of, of covering up their evil. Whatever it is, I mean, it can it works in a zil this is just my way, but everybody has a different way of dealing with trauma. But it's a it's it's a strategy. That's all it is. Whatever the strategy is, the way that you decided to survive, you know, that hundred foot wave that was coming at you. The great Nazare waves, which were in Portugal, right? And then you know, you're a revolutionary on the outside for other things and other causes, but you have no access to yourself. And you believe everything the world tells you because you're looking for safety and security and anything to make yourself survive. And because, you know, you've succumbed to the authority of one ape, you're going to succumb to the authority of other apes. That means you're always going to be a powerless person because you've been originally owned by the one evil ape, <laughs> so to speak. So what you get back is your power and your clarity to see things as they truly are. You get to have cognition where you can, you know, discern what is actually going on. But you know, again, as I continue to sit in these ceremonies, I'm not, whatever took me over, it's almost like aliens, right, yeah, but whatever used that sort of arriving bit of fuel, because we're just, you know, we're kind of energetic fuel, it inscribed itself all over me, right, as I said, it's like, ink on blotting paper. It's an oil spill. It's a shit spill. It's everywhere. So first, the ayahuasca spent a lot of time just removing everything I'd built to not see it. That was just phase one. <laughs> that was phase one of the, you know, nuclear blow up. Because that itself was so powerfully wired. The who am I, you know, the the whole construction of 
who I thought I was and what I'd built to run from this thing. Once that's been kind of ripped up, torn down, and again, it's all kind of wired up in a specific way, now it's at the what actually is inside of me stage. And it's horrific. It's this writhing um, thing, evil darkness. I don't know what to call it. And now that has to be torn down. And that's a big nut to crack because that has a lot of fuel. And it's fueled by fear and it's fueled by, you know, I've, you know, she finally got the whole, you know, um, source off or, you know, the, the cover, right? The whole cover of myself to cover it that was covering it, right? The person I'd built uh, to legitimize it. She's the ayahuasca, again, I call her a she, you can call it, it comes in, you know, whatever where it comes to you. So she's, you know, geniusly pummeled that into smithereens. Now I'm dealing with the the truth of this thing that infiltrated. That's the only way I can put it. It sounds so woo-woo, but it's not really. It's just somebody else's dark energy, right? And it's, you know, just, it's an oil spill. And now it's a question of, you know, cleaning that up. Expelling it, like daily, it's it, it's being expelled. I literally have, you know, and it's mostly physical. You know, sometimes I will see, you know, I'll be in a hologram or I'll see things and I'm shown um, uh, what it did or what it or how it affected me in my life or and I'm being physically kind of cleansed, you know. I sit there, I'm moved around and I'm stopped and I'm almost like a, on a statue, like on a you know, when you do pottery and stuff and the wheel, it just stopped the I'm I'm stopped in a particular shape and it's like it's moving around me and looking for where it's been built inside of me. It's insane. It's a miraculous medicine um but what's being torn out is or being you know removed is that energy the energy that you know which i blacked out to the energy that owns me the fear the darkness these entities, I've no, I mean, this, I don't know, where does this come from? Is it from another planet? You know, I don't, I don't know where this energy, who, what this energy is. It's just dark and writhing and vile. And infiltrated my system early on. Or perhaps, who knows, in other lifetimes, I don't know. I don't believe, you know, again, I'm not, a, I don't know anything until I see it, right? I don't, alien, I don't know anything about that stuff. Um, but definitely, um, there are forces that, you know, do that. And you can just look at the world to see this. I'm not, this isn't so far-fetched, right? These dark forces that blind other people, 
right? They annex them in their ignorance. You can see it right now going on in this country. There's a lot of people that have been taken in by this dark energy. <coughs> and they're adults. So imagine in childhood how this is a very simple procedure, right? Because you're desperate for love. You're desperate to be wanted. You're desperate to be part of this family. You're, you know, you're desperate to, to grow, right? So you're agreeing to, you know, be built, you know, um, around a trestle. That's poisonous and wrong. And what's interesting about the ayahuasca is that if you do it as a means to healing, um, it the ayahuasca is just, you know, I don't, again, I don't know what it is. It's just this incredible medicine. But it will use all sorts of interesting creative ways for you to to heal you, you know, both visually, both physically. Um, you know, again, I just sat yesterday, I was it yesterday, I don't remember, um, with, you know, just the image of this, you know, overflowing toilet of sewage, like this, just, no, no, it wasn't even overflowing, it was just sitting there stagnant, the stench was horrific. Of, you know, what was inside of me. And, you know, my ego's like, whoa, you know. Really? Oh, God, you know. I thought I was something else. No. Inside of me is, you know, a toilet that hasn't been cleaned in a long time. I'm actually there, which is a good thing, right? And I'm ingesting information that adds more, you know, shit to the pool, so to speak, to the, to the pie. Which is what's going on outside. It's almost like a, a universal message of, you know, clean up your garden, Maria. Everything is everybody feeding off each other. You know, what truly is authentic? Not much. If there's, there's always a buck to be made somewhere, right? I can't possibly be authentic if I'm trying to make a buck. Really? Really? You know. It's very, I mean, I, I just, I'm, I'm sure people do it, but it's just, I guess, it's very difficult to just do something for the sake of doing it that can help humanity. Or if they're not even that, there's, there's an end in mind, there's a goal. And also, the powerlessness, it's always like somebody else has the power, right? If you read my book or do my chant or wear my robes, you know, it's always authorizing power to other people. I think this is something which is really a disease now. We've so given up on our own power. We've so been snatched from our divinity. I certainly was. I mean, I was just like a complete and utter, you know, disciple of evil darkness and it ruled throughout my whole system even though I was very busy <laughs> trying to play Cinderella right or play you know this other role 
this kind of independent, free-spirited person. Yeah, but I, it doesn't matter what my story is. The truth is the actual thing that lives within you. You know, you can go, oh, I'm an artist. And you can play all your silly little roles. You know, it's like being in a, you know, in dress-up, you know, in your your playroom at home. You know, it's like you can put on as many costumes as you like. The essence is the essence. The capture is the capture. It never lasts, anyway. I can put on, you know, my independent, free-spirited costume or my artistic costume. It doesn't, none of it. Uh, who am I trying to impress? Who needs to authorize me in these outfits? I'm looking for authorization if I'm playing a role. I'm looking for someone to say, oh, okay, I get you because you are playing this role. <clears throat> We're all just trying to impress each other. The worst one for me is the actors. I mean, we give so much authority to people who just mouth other people's words. It's just ridiculous. I, even I do. Like, well, well, did they have a baby and who are they going out with? And it's like, they're just a fucking human, an ape that's mouthing somebody else's lines. I mean, really? I need to know your political, you know, affiliation. I need to know what you eat and drink to, to be able to do that. Like, really? I'm going to give you zillions of dollars because you play a role. It's insane. And again, no shade on actors, you know, fair enough. But there are much more important things than people that are doing vastly more important things. And I, I was, somebody was, did this whole thing about we don't, believe in facts we just believe in spectacles we are more um we're more captivated by spectacle than we are by facts that's such so much more exciting to us that we you know go behind it like little sheep it doesn't matter what you really are as long as you're the spectacle you know turns me on an actor, a spectacle, they do something. So, this is all to do with just, you know, living at home, in your home, and creating the world that's the truth to you versus living under the authority of another ape. Whatever they're, you know. And it's not that there's good, that you know, there's the bad. It's just like you can make better decisions if about your life. And it's not about, again, condemnation of anything or anyone. It's just access to you. The, that's it. If you're living on a landfill, which I certainly was, and I'd agreed to surrender to the most illegitimate horror ever, and I'd glorified it to survive, then in a way I'm perpetuating it by refusing to clean it up. And I'm continuing to refuse my own life force and my own power and my own well-being and happiness and the, the script that I originally had that I, would, that I abandoned in the name of evil. I don't know what my script was. I'm trying to figure that out as I hopefully, when this whole thing is removed, I'll understand and it will be a natural outcome of who I am. This is all, this, you know, it's, it's, it's just 
I think the message is, you know, for me is like, know who you are. Isn't that Aristotle, one of these Greeks said, you know, know thyself. And sometimes you can't know that when there's just so much noise and you're so used to being distraction. And I mean, it took the universe chucking me off a cliff, you know, through a five-year ordeal of hell in a, in a divorce for me to finally even begin to like, and I wasn't even looking for anything. I was just like, how did I get here? How did I get here? Just want to know that. Which then took me on a, you know, off the road, 20 year, you know, road trip into, you know, the cauldrons of hell. <laughs> and the realization that actually, you know, I was held captive by evil at a, you know, on very early stage of life. I didn't know. I had no idea. I was just a massive landfill of sewage, of floating sewage. You know, a container for all of it. Thank you for that toilet image for one, one and a half hours. And there are layers, you know. Um, so, to thine own self be true. You are the it, and you contain it. And again, as I sit on the cushion, it's it's um, it. The ayahuasca is just, you know, pushing out this thing that lives inside of me. It's, it's a writhing monster from the sewage it's fear it's the paralysis of the child it's I don't even know I, perhaps I'm completely wrong but it's it's definitely very dark and it's in me and it's almost like a disease you know like a cancer like this it's like and I always say well you look under a microscope, you, you see things, you see viruses, you see atoms, you know, you see more information. The same thing is the ayahuasca is like a massive great big magnifying glass. It amplifies what's within you. It gives you clues. And uh, for me, it's like, I, I'm not even here. This thing is just writhing and, and owning and this thing is happening without me. In fact, in in one ayahuasca ceremony, it was like, this is a while back, thank God. Um, I just had black snakes pouring out of me, like just hundreds of slithery black snakes. And then this huge Herculean Roman soldier blew up like into this towering thing above me. It was this, it was the ayahuasca. It was the same thing that happened five years ago when I had my first energetic break after doing meditation. And 13 years, and then this night, I just had all these voltages, these huge, massive circular forces of energy going through me, and I thought I was dying. And the next day, the first thing I get on the train, I see a woman on the train selling flowers who's totally downtrodden, 
you know, black, saying, and I just completely related to her. She was like my reflection. And then on the train comes a guy and he says, here's a hundred and something dollars, give out all the flowers. And that was the ayahuasca coming. There's help. There's help to all of us. There's help for all of us to penetrate our own inner psyche in which all of this content is being your container for all of this. Ayahuasca is not a rave drug. Oh my God. You're not going there because you want to have a great time. No, the ayahuasca is, it's a taskmaster. It's going to, it's a stealth bomber. It's going to open you up like a map. It's going to go open every single piece of you up and show you exactly the truth of who you are. You want to know who you are? Really? <laughs> Perhaps you don't want to know who you are. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm just like, yeah, I was so innocent. Like, oh, yeah. Who am I? Thinking, oh, I'm some like, you know, fabulous spirit. It's like, no, you're smothered in shit. That's who you are. You're a captive of evil. You've been doing the work of evil for the last, you know, I mean, you know, used by, as bait, right? Fulfilling its, its agenda for God knows how long. I'm not like a guitar strumming kumbaya person at all. I really thought that I was. I was owned. I was captured. I was in cahoots with. I was a disciple of the darkest forces. Thank God I never did anything, you know, bad. I mean, I say bad. I didn't, it didn't uh, want me to go out and ferment a revolution and, you know, slaughter children. It just wanted me to be successful for it. But it still was, I'm going to steal your life and terrorize you until you fulfill my, my functions, my, my needs. I'm just going to drown you. It is like, you know, they, they drown kids in China in the bucket, right? If it's a girl, same thing. Just put it in a bucket. I'm going to drown you. Your life doesn't matter. I don't give a shit about your life. I'm going to smother everything that's here, and you're going to be part of that too. Shanghai. Right, and my kind of like, oh, kumbaya spiritual person was just a cover for this huge evil because I didn't have any power to face it or was ter I was terrified of And that was what the message was very clearly in the first dream um, before I went to do ayahuasca, which was, you got to go face this. This thing is, is taken over. It owns you. It totally owns you. You may strut about like you're independent and you're doing all these things and you've got all this stuff going on and you live in New York. But make no mistake about it, you're fucked. <laughs> you're, just a, you're just an, you know, you're a, s a slave of evil. You're not doing you at all. And your spiritual BS about, you know, finding yourself is just, it's just a way to, you know, not face the truth. There are many ways that we hide, right? 
can be a needle in your arm, it can be anything. A binge, a story, some spiritual, it's all spiritual bypassing, right? Let's say about the, the Thai monks and you know, the forest monks, like a lot of the women get cancer from the ovaries and they're sitting all day. Well, because it's not just about sitting, it's about you have to face these energies. You know, I had this version like, oh, if I just went into a cave for a hundred years and, you know, I'd have this big magical Indian experience. The universe, you know, doesn't give a shit about you sitting in a cave. <laughs> you know? If you're carrying unprocessed trauma and you've submitted to these dark energies, and you're trying to refuse the truth, you know, you're stuck. You know, I'm not, it doesn't matter how, if I marry myself away from it, or, you know, pretend, you know, exercise my way, or yoga my way out of it, it's got to be faced. It's there. It's, I've had the unfortunate, unfortunate um, privilege of seeing it, of actually having it, seeing it every night as it writhes and you know it's being pulled out of my system it's living inside of me it built itself inside of me I was a petri dish on arrival a fecund petri dish full of what it needed innocence terror fear Give me a kid from zero to six, I'd give you a Jesuit for life. They knew that oh so many years ago. So I don't know how you've decorated or built yourself or, or how you've dealt with trauma. You might have gone the other route too, which is the addiction route to you know disappear from it. Whatever you did to... to mitigate that massive, massive 100-foot wave when that first hit happened, whatever it was, whether it was an abuse or violence or abandonment, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's what you've got to return to. And it might be a million miles away from you. You may have no access to it. I certainly didn't. You know. Um... But just commit to that inner, inner life, you know. Um, I can take that and then if I don't want to go inward and, and all that unprocessed trauma and just hang it on something else, you know, go storm the capital or something, right? Go find somebody to hang all my shit on that I can, you know, go, you know, put all my frustration and my powerlessness in something else. Nobody makes you powerless, right? A government doesn't make you powerless. You've been made powerless by something else. It happened way before anybody was, you know, elected to office. Your powerlessness has been there way, way before any of that. It's got nothing to do with that. 
if there's trauma. You know, if I do this over here, that's why we're so easily led. We're so easily like sheep. We just, because we authorize our power outside of our power. And I get it. I did too. Because I was owned early on. Again, it's not shade on anyone. It's that the forces of darkness are massive. Its stronghold over us is huge. It's really taking back control of the wheel. It's about taking your foot off the brake. For to do that, though, as I said, because the fear is so great, we have to go on a search and rescue mission to, you know, take the paralysis out of that little child. Because that's what's running your show. It's not you. You can go and protest and jump up and down and do whatever and whatever. And you may gain, you know, you may feel that you've gained something. But the powerless is not outside, it's within us. We're manifesting everything around us. I've been in this room, which has been like a funeral home for the last, God knows how many years I've been here, in, this, uh, in New York. It's my shredding machine, right? It's, I could go on and keep pretending that this isn't happening. I can keep, you know, building dams to refuse the truth. I can, you know, take pills to mitigate the anxiety or whatever, find partners that will, again, fuel my distraction. It's not, nothing's going to last. It won't, it'll always, do, it's like, it's, you know what it's like? It's like this endless building of sandcastles at the shore. One, you build, and then you think that's going to work, and then the wave just smashes that, and it's gone in an instant. You spend hours making this lovely sandcastle, and the wave just goes boom, because you can't stop nature. And the universe is going to come for you whether you like it or not, one way or the other, no matter how many dams you build against it. It's like, oh, if I just have enough plastic surgery, like, death won't come. <laughs> oh, my God. If I just get this sagging skin to stop sagging, I'll avoid death. I'll still be someone. No. It's like tsunamis don't give a shit who's on the beach when it shows up. It takes out half of Thailand. It doesn't give a shit. You can build all your defenses against the universe. It will catch up with you. And that's why other monkeys and other apes are not good to depend on. Because they are doing the same thing. <laughs> they don't want to go either. Right? But they're selling you the, you know, the shoddy goods saying, well, if you just buy this over here and do this over there then you too and if you just pay me that premium 8.99 a month you know I will, I will you know you too can be saved from yourself surrender to the universe give it all up she's going to get you anyway she certainly got me i was just kicked off a cliff like you know what you think this isn't bad enough watch the next five years what's going to happen you're going to lose everything like everything your whole life will just be 
you know, I kicked off a cliff. I fought it. It won. It will always win. You think you control some anything? Nah, uh-uh. Not a lot. So, if you're jumping up and down on hot coals and you're in the midst of it, yeah, my heart goes out to you. It's horrific, right? You're in the midst of all that crazy. The silence of meditation, which is for free, is a great salve. And certainly was the beginning of the exit or the arrival to yourself, to myself anyway. It really is um, a great weapon to start the process with. Just the silence, five minutes. Five minutes out of the cauldron, then 10 minutes out of the cauldron. Then eventually 13 minutes later, 45 minutes and the silence is so powerful that the mind, it's bigger than the mind, it's bigger than the thoughts, the thoughts it's like it becomes a windshield. The bees are the thoughts. It can't, it can't go inside of you. It can't, the thoughts can't throw you around like on the back of a ski boat. It can't just thrash you about. There's anchoring. There's rooting. Trauma hates all that. It wants chaos. As noted recently. Right? That's where it thrives. Give it silence give it anchoring and you begin to it begins to lose its power because it doesn't want you to see it that's why it causes so much chaos it doesn't want you to see the truth of why you're suffering of why you're suffering of why you feel like you're no one the truth of your vast emptiness or your vast you know your imprisonment The universe rules everything, right? So one of the things that happens when you get traumatized is you don't, I, again, I'm into myself, is that I didn't trust anything, didn't believe in anything. I was just a copycat. I was a, you know, builder of lies, a builder of a person that was just pieces from over here, pieces from over there, just to cover this shit up. Because you don't think there is anyone, because there is no one when this trauma happens, you know. There's no one. My mother was equally as complicit as he was in what was going on. She was also a slave, but, you know, she agreed. You know, we all agree when we're complicit. It's like they say in Germany, it wasn't Hitler that was the problem. It was the people that didn't stand up to him. That just agreed. That just went along. That didn't say anything. So, and I remember... One a friend of mine who went the first, who was really, you know, kind of uptight and, you know, the first thing she screamed out of her mouth when she did ayahuasca is, why did you abandon me? Why did you abandon me? She was so angry, so angry. And that's what you feel as a child when you've been hurt. You've been in these tumultuous, chaotic, terrifying places as a kid. Where is somebody? Where's my ally here? Where's the, 
Where's my ally? And then we build whole structures of a self to cover that up because you don't think there are any allies. Where's God, right? Where's the ayahuasca? Where, where is everything then? I don't know. But you, I certainly lost trust. I'm talking about real trust in anything. So I just made it up. I made it up as I went along. But I didn't really believe in anything because there was really nothing that I could see, feel. And certainly not after you've built layers and layers of ego to refuse the truth of that moment. And that's one of the gifts of ayahuasca. Certainly for me, or whatever it is that you do, is you get allies. You get guidance. But for that, you have to surrender everything you've built. You get a new family. <laughs> Certainly for me, I have a whole new family. <laughs> Not of this dimension, but a new family. <laughs> right? And in a way, yeah, in this dimension too. Uh, new friendships, new energies. Beautiful. But it's just the, it's, it's the reinstating of your power. It's the return. You know, somebody else was on your throne. Somebody else took over your, your throne. You get back to having your power. Being home. Returning to your kingdom. It's yours. It's always been yours. It's just that it was taken over when you were barely here. So don't look at the outside to authorize your person. Don't look to other apes to authorize your existence. Look to this great universe. It has all the answers. You're not going to like them, but <laughs> they're going to help you. <laughs> all right. Bye.